Welcome to the second part of Cassandra Boltman's interview. Super excited to let you guys hear the second part. If you haven't heard the first part, jump back to episode 27 and take a listen. So without further ado, let's get back to the interview. The fact of the matter is, whether you've been in network marketing for years or just a few days, your family and friends have seen your opportunity and your phone is, as we call it, burnt. If you're anything like me, that's a scary thought. So the big question is, how do entrepreneurs like us, who love the network marketing profession, who no longer want to be that guy, and are tired of convincing people during uncomfortable let's get coffee meetings where they say, what's this all about? How do we market in a way that aligns us with our dream clients and expands our network of upfront and transparent professionals, allowing us to get our time back, our families back, and gain a real passive asset? People like us who value impact over income We deserve to see our visions once and for all. Join me in this podcast where we'll uncover just how to do that. My name is Eric Sablon. Welcome to Burnt Phone Marketing. The self-pitch type events, um, those are where you're going to stand up there, listen to a presentation. At the end, they're going to sell something. There's times for those. But if you're wanting to leverage an event for an event for an event or leverage it to do sales on another platform to get followers, then you're going to want to do events where it's leveraging people, leveraging promos, say, hey, be my ambassador, I'll give you a shirt or a book, and fill it up with uh, content and knowledge where they want to follow you and keep coming back. Yeah, that, so again, leveraging people and it doesn't always have to be a big pitch fest or a self-promoting thing. I mean, as long as you're creating content and that's one of the things that I've found with this show is when you, when you create content, people want to listen and people want to uh, listen to what you have to say. And with the uh, people that we brought on the, in, uh, as interviews for Burnt Phone Marketing, it's been fantastic. Um, again, thank you for, for jumping on this interview. This is fantastic. Um, so you've been an entrepreneur for all of your life, um, basically, since you told me since you were 13, and it was probably before then. So here's my story, great story. I, um, I was into baseball cards when I was little, and I actually created a card shop inside my parents' motorhome at the front door of our house and invited kids in the neighborhood to come buy, buy cards for discounted prices so they didn't have to ride their bikes to the local card shop. I had all the cards for them. And I literally <laughs> set up a table inside the back of the, the motorhome. All of my cards were there. And then I told them what time I opened, what time I closed. So literally, I think in fifth grade or fourth grade, I was selling baseball cards. And then I would go and ride my bike to the card shop with the money and then reinvest it back into cards and put them back into uh, to, to, to the business. So yeah, I think we're kind of the same at, at thir- 12, 13, we were out there trying to figure out how to make more money. <laughs> <laughs> I like your story because it shows that you're a master salesperson, whereas <laughs> mine is just a master at processes, that's all. <laughs> well, we need both of them. The process, if I could have leveraged someone to go, I wasn't even thinking, if I would have leveraged my sister to go pick up the cards, I could have been selling more. Right? <laughs> get to work. Yeah, exactly. Get to work. Um, so if you've been an entrepreneur, you know, all your life. What would you have told yourself 
in the beginning, maybe not at 14 or 15, maybe at like, you know, 19 or 20, what would you have told yourself at the beginning of your entrepreneur career that would increase the speed of your business today? You know, an aha moment I had recently, I'd say probably in the last 12 months, um, has been the concept that I, I'm, I'm an operation type person, a system kind of person, and you can actually do systems to marketing. And it, it didn't really dawn on me, because I've always done marketing like, I'm gonna go full-fledged into events, and that's my thing, and that's why I stayed. I didn't ever stop and realize that I can put systems in place to do all kinds of little dip, different marketing things with one big one that you hyper-focus on. But you do a whole bunch of small, consistent ones, so you have to do a little bit of B2B, a little bit of B2C, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and, and make all of those consistent and burning, and then you have your big one. So when your big one starts to die off and change, you got something else in the back already ready to go to start building momentum, kind of like when Instagram started. Instagram wasn't around when I was growing up in business. Um, so when it became a thing, I turned on an account, did a couple posts, had a little couple things going on there. And then when it started becoming a bigger thing, we started making it a little bit of a bigger thing. It's kind of like Facebook and so forth. Um, so, um, and, and it's actually kind of a Gary Vee trick where you have all kinds of stuff going on with your main one. Like he absolutely loves Twitter and Twitter is his thing, but he has the Instagram and he just opened up his Pinterest account and he's got all these things that are consistently just kind of churning for the, for the other crowd, if that makes sense. So when it becomes a bigger thing, you just change your systems and make that a bigger thing. Um, which kind of is where I'm going next is I've got the events and I've got all these tiny things coming into play and I've now got systems in place for it. For example, I now have a marketing person and I now have a business developer that goes around and brings in sales. It's not just me bringing sales. I've got four people now bringing in sales, which if I would have done that years ago, I'd be a lot bigger today. <laughs> uh, so Realizing that you can put systems to marketing so it, does, it stays consistent and you don't forget it, that's probably the biggest tip I would have given myself um, to, in order to increase the speed as well as the size of where we're at today. Yeah, increasing speed is huge for, for business. And sometimes you just got to be ready for it. And maybe five years ago, you weren't ready for it. But I'll tell you, as we spoke and as we talked, at age 13, you were ready for it. You just didn't wrap your head around <laughs> that I'm going to put a system together to make this work. And I like what you said about, mm -hmm. you know, little tiny things that are going in the same direction of your main thing, which is, you know, it's all symbiotic. So you, you can't do something over here and something over there and something over here, but it's everything is pushing to that one symbiotic thing that you're, you're marketing to right now. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people get distracted but if you just stay on that one symbiotic thing and something always is parallel with where you're going, build the fire in the different platforms, build the fire in where you are, but hone into the one that you're really good at. So like me, I'm mm -hmm. better at Facebook. I know a lot of people are way better at Instagram. Um, I'm just fighting to, to be like, I want to be, I want to do the Instagram thing, but Facebook's so easy for me. So I just stick with it. So pick your platform. And that's okay. Yeah. I, I think my audience is there anyway. So pick your platform and then just run with it and um, you know, you'll get the results. So that's, that's a big nugget to increase the speed and scale your business. 
Um, we talked earlier about increasing your speed and scaling your business. And you told me a nugget about plateauing. And I know a lot of people, a lot of the audience have either hit a plateau. I mean, it happens in working out. It happens in business. It happens in everything. But a lot of times people don't understand how to overcome the plateau. And um, you, you gave me a couple of nuggets earlier. And I just would like you to touch on, you know, what do you do when you hit a plateau in your business? And, you know, what is the thing that you reflect on and how do you scale it? Because, you know, there's businesses that go from, you know, 100,000 to uh, a million, from a million to here, you know, as they scale, they go. But you gave me a nugget that said, you know, kind of mark your path and kind of show where it's at. So can you kind of go over that a little bit? Yeah, no, no. Eye-opener experience for me, I got at a grant program last year in 2018 where basically it was over 400 small business owners in a room and in my particular group we had 150 of us in a room and it was fascinating to realize that these plateaus are everywhere. They're, they're, it's not just you. It, it's and, and it's not it's not just one size. Whether you're at a million or five million or five hundred or two hundred fifty thousand, you're going to have plateaus. What's most fascinating is every time you hit a plateau, you actually do the same activities as trying to solve the problem to get over your plateau. And you'll know when you're in a plateau because it lasts for about six months to a year. And if you and that's when you're like, wait our revenue is not going up, our sales are not going up, this isn't going up, nothing's changing, we're just stuck. Uh, I can't hire more people, I got all this busy work and not enough money to hire more people to get over the busy work. You, you get in this cycle, this ugly loop. But what I learned is that the plateau that you had when it was just you and your computer versus the plateau when you had like a couple employees with this level of revenue and then so forth, it keeps going up. It's the same series of problems. You're either looking at it from a perspective of, do I need to fix sales? Do I need to fix marketing? Do I need to fix service? Do I need to fix my people? It's the same process all the way through, no matter which level you're at. So for example, right now I'm plateaued again. So I've gone through, I would say four plateaus within the company um, where we went from zero rentals to 150 rentals and then 250 rentals. We plateau at these certain gaps. Well, I'm sitting at 500 rentals and I've been stuck there for a while. And when I looked at everything, I looked at my systems and my people and my process and everything, I've decided that my gap is that in order for me to get beyond 500, I have to have more leads, more marketing, more everything. So I'm having to redivert um, a percentage of the budget again, like I did on the last plateaus, to uh, harp, tone in on getting a bigger reach because my goal with real property management is to be over 750 rentals by next year. My goal for the Landlord's Almanac is to have everybody pointing towards the website rather than all these individual places that they like to be. Um, so that way they're all engaged together and they're able to communicate together on one platform, not Facebook platform and Instagram platform and all these other platforms where you can't hear the whole crowd because they're over here chattering about security deposits and they're over here chattering about service animals. So I'm trying to put them all on one platform so they can actually engage together. And we, we actually have around 5,000 followers, but you wouldn't know it because they're everywhere. So my goal is to get them all together and get up to the 10,000 mark on the followers side. So it's easy to get into a plateau 
Um, it's not because your eye came off the ball. It's just because you have this much revenue, this much people, this much time, this much stuff all come together where nothing changes. It's like a deadlocked funnel. You get stuck in a funnel, you know, where you can't get through the bottleneck. Yes. The you get into a bottleneck situation. Yeah. And, and you can't get through because it's all happening at once and, and only a little bit's coming through. So. Well, that's a good, I like that analogy. It's a funnel. It's kind of a bottleneck. And a lot of times mentally it's us. We're thinking, well, I got here. I got this far. What's my problem? What's my problem? Yeah. But what a lot of people need to do is they need to step back. And that's a big thing that I like to do is step back and take the 3,000 or the 10,000 foot view and look at the systems and look at the, you know, look what's growing because as you look at what's growing, you'll be able to define a little bit more where you need to throw more money at. And like, I like what you said is, you know what, to scale my reach, to create the extra 250 um, new rental units, you needed to step back, look at where I'm going to dial in and get the most value out of those people, find my avatar, which you already have, and then dump money into some marketing and some advertising to get more reach. And defining that reach is going to help you pick up the 250 um, new clients. And what's crazy is when you find that 250, it's probably going to be, honestly, let's just say it's probably going to be like 365 or 370 or something like that. Then you're going to have to either scale back or yeah. again, which is a great, which is a great um, problem. As long as the revenue is coming yeah. in, um, it's, it's a great problem to have. So. Yeah. Thank and you. you bring up a really good point is that, that when you get through a plateau, sometimes you'll shoot way past the plateau and you're not ready for it either because the people's not there, the processes are breaking. And what's going to happen is if a lot of people go, wait, wait, you shoot past it, you should keep it. And, and you should just keep building on that. Well, no, because what's going to happen is you're going to start breaking processes and you're going to break your people. And then your people are going to start wanting to quit. And then you're going to lose all your talent or you're going to break processes and then you're going to start doing a bad job for your customers. And then the word of mouth and reputation, that's key, especially when you're in a smaller town. So when you ruin that, you're not going to do the next plateau. You're going to go all the way down to two plateaus ago. Right. Um, so, so you want to, when you hit a plateau and you go over the plateau, you want to kind of be in this comfort zone before you hit the next plateau, not hit all the way up to the next plateau because you're going to make mistakes that are very costly. Yeah. I like that's definitely an issue with a lot of times is people grow a big, big giant team and then the processes won't be in place. And all of a sudden they'll have just so much attrition and nobody will know why people are falling off in your, you know, we're in network marketing and this is kind of what it's about. It's like you, you bring in a team of 10,000 people and all of a sudden you go to 5,000 real quick because Nobody knew the process. Nobody knew how to do it. Your massive growth was just too confusing for you. And then what I like to tell people is a lot of times you just weren't ready for it. And you weren't ready for mentally, physically, overall, as a business person, you were not ready for that massive growth. Yeah, it was a blessing that you got it. However, now you know you got to go back to what we talked about earlier. Is think about how you got there. Think about why you got there. And then just let it never happen again. Because the blessing came and you weren't ready. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of people suffer from that. And I like what you said is be ready for it, get in kind of a comfort zone and then be ready to scale again. Don't scale so much that you're, you're in trouble. And there's so many businesses out there that scale so much that they're in trouble. Uh, you know, we watch the, we both, we both must watch the profit a lot. And 
they talk about you know people want to franchise out to to millions of different places and they want to take over the east coast however they can't get the model that's in new york done i mean there's, there's no uh -huh. model that's set up for them for them to bring in people and say this is what this is what we're going to do this is how we're going to do it here's the model would you like to buy into our franchise if you don't have right. that ready to go then you know you're not going to be able to bring in the the talent number one that brings the right money um number two the process which is getting it 600 miles away from where you are now to work exactly how yours is and the people because if they don't have a trend or uh, someone to look at and say this is someone to model then they're going to go it's going to be the wild wild west they're going to do their own thing you know you're going to have all sorts of special burgers or special things that you'd like what? What is this? I didn't know this isn't supposed to be on the menu, or this isn't supposed to be how we're doing it. So uh -huh. you know, that's definitely huge. I mean, yeah, it's maturity, right? You've got to be very self-aware and very mature with you and your process and your systems and 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 your company. You got to be honest and authentic with your own company because if you're not ready, and sometimes you don't know you're not ready because you're going to hit the wall and go oops. Um, but it you as the business owner you as in charge that is your job is to be very honest and self-aware of yourself or you're not going to recognize if you went too far or if you're not going far enough or being able to know what the gap is within the system that you have otherwise you're going to bump up to the top and fall right back down as fast as you went back up and that's expensive it takes years to recover sometimes from going and hitting the wall and coming back that hard um, you see it where people run out of money because they grew faster than the money could flow and therefore they can't keep the marketing sustained or they can't keep the training sustained or they can't keep the people, the talent sustained. You're, you're going to drop back down. So you got to be mature and self-aware and be realistic. Right. That, that's, that's a big, that's, that is a big, um, that is a big problem and a big nugget that, that you bring to the, to the uh, audience because, you know, if you're not ready for it, you're probably going to fail. You know, if you're not prepared for it, you're probably going to fail. And that's why I always say, you know, find somebody that's done what you're doing or what you're modeling. Like we talked about with your podcast, you found somebody that's doing what you're doing. So you're just going to model it. It's success has already been done. The, you just have to pick up the breadcrumbs and make sure you're, you're looking for the right big loaf because um, as you're following those breadcrumbs, you'll get to that big loaf. And all of a sudden you're like, uh, you know, I was ready. I was here. I was prepared. My systems, my process, my product was already ready to go. And um, here's what I'm delivering to you, and I'm delivering you great value. So that that's a uh -huh. huge being ready for it. Um, uh, it, it will help you increase your speed for sure. Uh -huh. So I, we talked about podcast, and I love doing yeah. podcasts. Um, what are you currently working on, and where can the audience find more about you? And I always post uh, all of your links and stuff in the show notes, but if you can just kind of tell us, you know, what you, what you got going on, what you're super excited about and what do you got in the next couple of months or next couple of weeks or the next couple of months that uh, the audience can tune into. Sure. 
Uh, I do believe that the market is shifting more towards audio. Uh, video does assist um, because a lot of people I know actually do podcasting through YouTube instead of through some of the podcast apps, for example. But I do believe audio is becoming a thing, and I do believe it's where people are soaking up information. So what I'm pivoting where we're at with events is I'm going to bring in podcasting that's going to help my current customers for real property management. But it's also going to help spread the word and the knowledge for the DIY landlords. And the whole concept is regarding uh, having conversations around landlording because it's not a yes or no answer. There's a lot of science to landlording. It's uh, like me and you can pick carpet cleaning and debate it for hours. You'd be surprised. <laughs> uh, so basically what we're going to do is create a podcast that's going to make it where they can listen in on the conversation of debating concepts and thoughts and theories regarding landlording as a business. Um, and the best way to find us, we're going to be putting our podcast material on our website. Like I said, I'm trying to point everybody to the website and not all these other platforms. Um, so I will give you that link to put it in there, but the Landlord's Almanac, that's where it's going to be and audio is going to be there now as another service for everybody. Awesome. So I'll definitely put that in the show notes. Guys, if, if you, um, I like what you said is we talked about modeling. We talked about making sure that, you know, the things that we're doing, somebody else has already done it. I mean, the last thing we want to do is have to make the mistakes that somebody else already made when we can compress timeframes. Like we just talked about in John Schwartz interview, he's like, his goal is to compress 10 years into one year for you. So that's what his book's going to be about is just compressing timeframes. And one way to compress timeframes is, you know, all out massive action. Also, looking at what somebody else has done and, don't, and saying, I will not do it that way, or I'm going to learn from what his mistakes were, and I'm not going to go down that path, just so I know. I mean, it's, it's, it's like parenting. You, you go by what you know, so you're teaching your kids the same way what you know. So, and as long as they have the buy-in, they're going to believe what you have to say. So, guys, that is a huge nugget. Listen to the show because it's going to help help you learn what not to do. Um, also, you know, debate and you may be able to connect with some really good people. Um, all right, I got two questions. I got two more good ones. And, and I love these two because it, it really peels back the onion. So, uh, you know, just so you guys know, um, Sandra is very successful. She's, she owns a, a, a great business. She has lots of people coming into her events. But, you know, I like to tell people that you know, we're still people anyways. So we're going to kind of peel back the onion a little bit. And um, in your business today, what's the one thing that keeps you up at night, good, bad, or both? The industry is changing. The rules and the regulations and how you play the game is changing. And it's very difficult to play the game when others have no problems cheating, when others have no problems hurting people. It's that ethical dilemma of, of being a certain size. So I'll give you a scenario, and, and it all goes back to the avatar situation. Um, at my size, I'm not going to help everybody. Today, I have 500, but what you don't know is I'm rejecting 20 to 30 landlords a month because they don't fit the system. But some of them do come in the system. Some are in the system and their situation has changed where now they're in conflict with us. So what happens is you have this ethical dilemma of like, they need my help, they should have my help, they should listen to me, but yet, they don't need you anymore. They need a different system. They need a different company or whatever. So it's hard to compete 
and because ethically you're like, I'm the best, everyone should want me, but you're not the best. Not everybody can have you at all hours and all times of all days. And it's hard to also compete when the other guy is cheating, making it harder to be ethical. Because when you're honest, like, no, this price is going to be this price. And the guy over there does it for free or slides in some silly special that's below cost that's not beneficial to them and it just hurts the industry or they're going around doing um, marketing like what you guys are doing and they make it slimy and it ruins it for everybody else and it's very hard to compete and it's very hard to be honest and you have to work past all those layers of trust before you can even start and then when you're at a certain size you have to have self-awareness and an ethical boundary with your current customers of how far do you go to help and train someone and hold someone's hand to make them successful because they don't want to walk to and do the work to be able to drink the water. Like you can only teach a man to fish. You can't keep giving him the fish, right? So it's this ethical dilemma of balancing current customers and new customers and, and not getting sucked into the slimy and not getting sucked into the the uh, the cheaters is what I like to call it. Because right. you got to find your line. And, and it's a growing concern because <laughs> the property management is changing and there's always a guy that's ruining it for the others. Yes. So. And it happens in all industries. There's always that one person that comes in that number one tries to either be the lowest or tries to offer a bunch of things that, you know, he's he can do to lose money but you know it's not you know you may lose a couple clients and i you know in, in many businesses i've lost a couple clients where i'm like why did you do that but a lot of times it's you just got to let them learn and then come back because as a if a customer comes back to you that means that your service is better that means that you've done your job you've done your due diligence and you know one of the things that i would say is you can't always be the cheapest and you can't always be um the best but as long as you realize that you know you're doing you're putting your best foot forward you're being the most transparent you're being the most honest and, and running your business with integrity um overall the dust is going to settle and they're going to come back because they know that you know he promised or they promised and and they didn't deliver and it, it's a big thing it's like your word means a lot in business your word means everything in business so just make sure that you stay stay humble i like what uh what one of my um Aaron Adesso she said her humble her hustle keeps her humble so um it definitely is one of the things that I really like um to uh to, to kind of push to my to my uh audience the last question and we're thank you so much for this I'm super excited <laughs> is um you know any last words you give the audience um that, any last words or tip that you give the audience uh-huh I learned um, about two years ago from Gil Gates to read books of different industries, not just your own book. So I started reading sales books from all kinds of different industries, which has been a game changer in how I approach um, solving problems with marketing and with the sales process. And like, like uh, John Schwartz, you know, he does the um, perfectionist auto, right? His approach to sales and marketing is wildly different than mine, and I didn't know about certain tips and tricks, and I was able to incorporate it into our company. Um, and so just because you're in network marketing, cross lines and look at others. Read books, read podcasts, whatever you like to soak up knowledge from, cross 
industries and you'll find that nugget that you need to get it going. That, yeah, that is a huge, that is a huge nugget because if you're reading books for different industries, um, I, I follow a lot of books with Grant Cardone and he does talk about network marketing, but if you read a lot of books for different industries, it's great to have the blinders on, but sometimes you need to at least take one blinder off and kind of look at what the rest of the world is doing. So that way you can kind of see, you know, some of the tips and the tricks and the stuff like that, that people are uh, doing. Gary Vee is not a big network marketer, but everybody in network marketing listens to him. You know, Eric Worre is huge in network marketing. Everybody listens to him. You know, Grant Cardone, all these people, you can get really, really good books. And, and that's a huge nugget to read books in different industries because you, you, your business is going to mold into different things that you read. I mean, the, the books that you read and the people that you meet will change um, your life immensely. And I, I've noticed that because I've read a lot of books in the last five years. I never read books in school. I was a C student on a good day. Like, but in the last four or five years, I've read so many books and I can quote so many books and it's changed everything. It's changed the people that I meet. It's changed the conversations that I'm having. It changes everything that I've been doing. So yeah, definitely read books in different industries. So Cassandra, I want to thank you for coming on. I Guys, I hope that you guys got your pens and papers out. This episode will be posted and it'll stay on because it's fantastic. It may be broken into two, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we may be able to stitch it all into one. But guys, remember, always listen to the end of the outro. I'll be giving away a free book um, from called – I'll be giving away a free book, um, and all you have to do is pay shipping. So make sure you listen to the outro and take notes. Um, like and subscribe to the podcast and also like and subscribe to Cassandra's podcast. Like I said, we're going to post in the notes and I see you guys again on the next interview from Burnt Phone Marketing. Thank you, Cassandra. Have a good Hey, thanks for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe. I know it's hard to find people to pitch or talk to when your warm market dries up. So what do we do? When I first got started, I took off like most of you did. Then you started to get that feeling of being that guy. Me too. So to help you from hitting that brick wall, I've created a summit with the top 10 network marketing professionals. For you, 100% complimentary. Yes, it's free. I want to start off by building an amazing relationship with you. So no matter if you've been in the industry for years or you just got started, this summit is for you. So go to www.burnphonemarketing.com and get your complimentary network marketing summit. Again, that's B-U-R-N-T-P-H-O-N-E marketing.com and get access to this phenomenal summit. There you are going to find three keys to building a solid network marketing business. Number one, belief. Number two, strategy. And number three, action. So to get access, go to www.burnphonemarketing.com and get your complimentary network marketing summit. Again, that's burnphonemarketing.com.